morning, New Hope Community Church. How's everybody doing this morning? And we can all give the Lord some praise in this church this morning. I'm excited and I'm happy to just be in the presence of God and just to feel what he has for us this morning. And I'm excited to just keep walking the past. And I hope you guys are excited to gain what he has for you guys. We can't receive unless we die to ourselves and give up what we have. So we got to give up our lives and give up everything that's personal to us so, we get, so that we can gain what's personal to God, right? So that we can pour out and so that we can show the love of God. I feel like love is something that we experience in many different ways, but I feel like love, the love of God is really what's going to get us through this season. I really feel like that we need to start pressing forward to gain what God has for us and to share the love, to share the stories, to share the times that he has saved us and got us through the situations that we may not have thought that he, we were going to get through. It's because the love of God and his love for us that we got through that situation. So I ask this, as we get ready to enter worship this morning, that we just open our minds up for that. That we just open our minds up that we want to receive and we want to show love in every single way of our lives. But we want to show the true love. We want to show the love that never forsakes anybody. We want to show the love that never goes away. And that's the love of God. So if we can stand this morning, and I'm going to have Evan open us up in scripture, and he's going to... Just get us ready for worship. Good morning, guys. Happy Sunday. I'm going to read out of Psalm 29 in the New King James. Give unto the Lord, O you mighty ones. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The, the God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes them also skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. In his temple, everyone says glory. I'll say that again. In his temple, everyone says glory. The Lord sat enthroned at the flood and the Lord sits as king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Lord God, I thank you that we can come unified together today. Thank you, Lord, that we can hear your voice. Thank you for shaking our wilderness, God. Thank you for being enthroned above the flood, above the things in our lives, God, that try to constrain us and put us down, Lord God. We thank you that you give us strength. We thank you that you give us peace. We say yes to your will. We say yes to your way. We are open to your voice today. We are here to worship you, to ascribe glory to your name. You are lifted on high. We call out. We say, yes, Lord. Have your way today. Have your way in this place. Have your way in our lives, in our hearts, in our families. We say yes to you, Lord. Jesus, we say yes. And all God's people say, amen. We ready to worship. There's revival and spread. There's revival and a spreading. 
Like a wildfire in my heart Sunday morning, hallelujah And it's lasting all week long Can you hear it? Can you feel it? It's the rhythm of a gospel song Oh, once you choose it, you can't lose it And it's beautiful I've got a heart overflowing Cause I've been restored There ain't nothing gonna steal my joy I've got a fortress By a seed in my soul I've got a sweet salvation And it's beautiful I've got a heart overflowing Cause I've been restored There ain't nothing gonna steal my joy That I wander, turn to mountains that I can't climb. You are with me, you never leave me. Cause there ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. I've got a church choir singing in my soul. I've got a sweet salvation and it's beautiful. I've got a heart overflowing cause I've been restored. There ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. I've got a old church choir singing in my soul. I've got a sweet salvation and it's beautiful. I've got a heart overflowing cause I've been restored. There ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. There ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. Till you'll find that gospel Because it's all you'll ever need All you'll ever need Clap your hands and stomp your feet Till you'll find that gospel Because it's all you'll ever need All you'll ever need Clap your hands and stomp your feet Till you'll find that gospel Because it's all you'll ever need All you'll ever need Clap your hands and stomp your feet Till you'll find that
sets me on fire, sets me on fire, fire on fire. It sets me on fire, fire on fire. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. One boy. every battle, you win every war. We ask, we ask you, Lord, we want more. Chosen one, the risen king, yes, he wins every battle. He healed the sick, rose from the dead. Showing all those who doubt it. His pain runs deep, and the one we see, He will move every mountain. There's no fear in me, He's healing me, preparing me, because He knows that the enemy will try to win every battle.
Cause your love sets me on fire, on fire, on fire. Your love sets me on fire, on fire. I'm a lover of your presence. Yes, I am. Yes. I'm a lover of your presence, Lord. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how we lift them up. This is how I fight my battles. I lift you up. This is how I fight my battles. I just lift you up. This is how I fight my battles. Just lift you up. Oh, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by. You will hear me, and I'll be amazed in the way that you answer as I wait. I know I won't be shaken. You remain my rock and my fountain when I pray. I know that you will hear me. In the way that you answer, as I wait, I know I won't be shaken. You remain a rock in my foundation. Rock in my foundation. When the trouble comes. When the trouble comes, I will lift you up. When my strength is gone, I will sing my song. When my body's weak, it is you I seek. When my heart it aches, I won't hesitate. 
to pray. When the trouble comes, I do something. Oh, when the trouble comes, I will lift you up. When my strength is gone, I will sing my song. When my body's weak, it is you I sing. When my heart it aches, I won't hesitate to pray. My
body may we not be scared to go into the deeper waters the deeper places Lord help us to continue to take those steps to step out of the boat to step on the water even though sometimes it feels like if we do that we're gonna sink we know that you are a good father. I want us right now just to, just to feel this, just allow your heart to open up and just feel the presence of God. 
This is what you've been created for. It's not created to do a bunch of religious rituals, but to just sit here in the presence of a loving father. A father that, that loves you in the same way that he loves the son. Thank you, Lord, for your peace that surpasses all understanding. Thank you for the joy, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us beauty for ashes, that you've given us a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. You give us an oil of joy for mourning. Lord, we thank you that goodness and mercy will follow us all of our days. We will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Lord, I thank you for this gathering today. Just fill the room, Lord. Heal the brokenhearted. Set the captives free. Lord, we thank you that today will be breakthrough. We thank you that high places will be torn down today. Lord, we thank you that altars that have been established of the enemy, that they will be torn down today. Lord, we thank you that every person will leave here free. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. We're going to go ahead and we're going to take the offering today. I want to give you the opportunity to sow. The book of Philippians, chapter 4. I know a lot of us have heard that you reap what you sow, but you don't reap where you sow. The Bible says that here on earth, men receive tithes, but in heaven the Lord receives them. So as you give to his work, although we could talk about the stuff that we do here, the recovery home, the maternity home that will be open shortly, the ministry to the lost, all those things, all those good things that, that we do to be the salt and light, those are good reasons to give, but Jesus said to store your treasure up in heaven. And the apostle Paul was in prison in a Philippian jail. And he talks about their giving that this Philippian church was generous and they gave to support him while he was there. And, and he says this in verse 10, he says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. 
Not that, I respeak, not that I speak in regard to need, for I've learned at whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I've learned to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now you Philippians know also in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things I sent from you a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You know, if I sat there and I looked at the whole story of this church, it's a story of God's provision, that God was with us every step of the way and there was days where I thought we weren't going to make it. There were days when I thought the church was bound to close. There were days when things broke, boilers broke. Plumber would come in, say $40,000 to fix that. And you were like, okay, like, I don't know what we're going to do now. Because we operate in faith, and so most of what comes in goes out. And obviously, God has big plans for what we want to do here in this sanctuary, what we want to do in these church grounds, the outreach we want to do. And I know that God's going to do what he said he's going to do because he's done it from the beginning and he's going to keep doing it. But you and I get to be a part of it. They're adjusting my mic, so don't worry. We'll get there. And the thing that you got to understand is that when you give here, Paul had no, he, he had no means to pay them back. He was in prison. What's he going to do? He couldn't get, you know, it's not like, okay, well, here, if we give to Paul, we know that eventually he'll be able to pay us back. And, and he had no means to pay him back. And Paul said, you know what? I'll figure it out. Whether you give to me or not, I'll, I'll figure it out. I know how to not have anything. I know how to have a lot. God will work it out, and we'll work it out. He said, I can do all things through Christ. I'll be able to do it. But he said, when you give, there's a fruit that gets added to your account. When you give in heaven, there's a fruit that gets added to your account. And that's what he says, then my God shall supply your needs. Paul didn't have a means to pay back, but he knew that their generous giving would, would go in an account where God would pay them back, where God would take care of all their needs. And I can tell you that, you know, if you're a person who struggles a lot in your finances, get on this train with God. Get on his system. Get out of the world system. Be faithful. If you're faithful with little You'll be faithful with much, but God will take what you give and he'll multiply it and he'll take care of your every need. You'll never go without a place to live. You'll never go without food to eat. 
God will take care of you again and again and again. I could fill the rest of our time together with testimonies of God's provision in people's lives here. I'm going to go ahead and pray and just ask the Lord what he would have you give and just be faithful to that. Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you that you are a good father that provides for all of his children. And Lord, we thank you that we don't have to depend on this world system that's shaking and falling apart and it seems that it's just a house of cards. We thank you that we serve a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And Lord, we thank you that we can depend on you to provide for all of our needs through your riches and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We can stay seated. I just want to, uh, if we can just stay, and I want everybody to just close their eyes and as we get ready to just enter into this message, right? Can we just uh, clear everything that may be going on in this life and in this so-called world, right? Can we just give ourselves a chance so that we can receive this morning? Thank you so much for everything you've been doing in our lives, Lord. So, our Father, we come to you right now as a body and as a family, Lord. And I ask that you just empty us completely so that we can receive and see what you have in store for us, Lord. Nothing is impossible for you, Father. that you just allow us to just, we can just empty everything, our hurts, our burdens, our struggles. We can just bring them to you, bring them to the cross and lay it down, lay it down. Father, we want more. We want more of what you have for us. We can't gain unless we give up our lives, our possessions, everything that's ours, Lord. Father, I'm wanting Father, I just thank you. And I ask you just allow us to just receive. I just want us to receive. Not speak, not talk. Not come completely full with a full cup. Just empty so that we can receive. So that we can see what unity means. So that we can see what family means. So we can see what love means. Father, I put a special protection upon the kids this morning as they get ready to learn your word, Lord. 
these are the ones that are gonna that are gonna walk for you, Father. So I ask that you just allow us to keep putting our foundation upon you, Lord. Keep putting our lives upon you, Father, so that we can pour out to these kids, so that we can give them the things that you gave us, Lord. So we can love on them the way you loved us, Father. Father, I put a special protection upon these teachers this morning as they get ready to teach these kids, Lord. Just give them the strength and give them the courage. Give them the mindset. Give them the identity to step in to what you have called them to do. Father, dealing with kids is not easy. But Father, I ask that you give these teachers the strength and the courage, knowing that by us showing your love, that we're planting a seed. We're planting something in these kids' lives that's going to sprout later down the road and may sprout today that we may never know. But as long as we show the love and we show the true you, uh, I know these kids are going to gain something other than what we give them. So, Father, cleanse us. Cleanse our minds. Get us ready for this message, Lord. Get us ready for what you're about to do for us. Get these teachers ready. Get them prepared for what they're about to do. And allow us to receive today. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If, you're, uh, if you serve in the kids' ministry in any way, nursery worker, Sunday school, can you just raise a hand up so we can see you? Thank you, God. Can we give these guys a round of applause? We're so thankful. We're so thankful that they give and they sacrifice and they serve. They serve our children. It's a very, very important ministry. So thankful. Uh, I had a season where um, before I was the, the senior pastor where they wanted me to, something adjusting, um, <laughs> where, where they asked me to serve. It'll take a little bit to come back up. And, and um, they wanted me to serve in the, in the kids' ministry. So I taught, I taught the young kids for, uh, for months and months. And um, I realized that number one is a special calling. Number two, it's definitely service. And number three, it's not my calling. Amen? I like kids. I don't like big groups of kids. Big groups of kids scare me. When they start to outnumber me, I, 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 you know, I'm just not down. Hey, um, so we're going to start a new series today. Um, it's called The Shadow of the Cross. How many know that we are only a month away from Resurrection Sunday? We're only a month away, so time is moving. Spring is on the way, right? We're, we're, uh, we're maybe about two weeks from the first day of spring, so, um, you know, I, I don't know if winter will try to hit us one more time, but for the most part, winter's over. We're going to enter into the spring. We're entering into Resurrection Sunday, and I'm really believing that we're going to enter into the best season um, as a church that we've ever been in. And I believe that you guys are going to enter into the best season of your life with the Lord. Amen. So I've called this Shadows of the Cross because um, all through um, the Old Testament um, are what they would call types and shadows of things to come. You've got to understand that in your Bible... But the Old and, and New Testament, 
it's not two separate books. It's one book telling one story. And it's that the Old Testament serves as an introduction for Jesus who is to come. And so when you are able to look at the Old Testament and you're able to realize that, that this is all one story and you can begin to see the gospel message and you can begin to see Jesus all through the Old Testament, all of a sudden you will understand the big story um, of the Bible. And I didn't just make that up. There's uh, several places where Jesus says this. He, uh, he tells the Pharisees in one spot, he's kind of going back and forth with them, and he says, you're searching the scriptures to find eternal life, but the scriptures testify of me. And of course, they would have had the, the Old Testament at that time. There wasn't a New Testament written. And there's also a place where when he uh, is resurrected, he appears to uh, some people that are walking down the Emmaus Road. And this is in Luke 24, and, and he's walking, and they don't really recognize who he is. And they say, you know, haven't you ever heard it? Didn't you hear everything that's happened? And and Jesus kind of rebukes their unbelief. And then it says that he takes them in the scriptures and he shows them how uh, he was in the scriptures and how the Messiah would have to suffer and die. And he does that through the old covenant. He shows them exactly what was prophesied and how he was the fulfillment of those prophecies. So that's what we're, where we're going to be at. We're going to look at these different stories and you guys will get the and understanding as we continue uh, to move through this. And I think you'll get a, a good understanding today. But uh, I'm just going to pray really quickly um, for this message, and then we're going to get into uh, God's Word. Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, thanking you for all that you've done and thanking you for all that you will do. I pray that you would add a blessing to this Word. I pray that this Word would go out with power. I pray it would do exactly what you called it to do. Lord, I thank you that you are victorious, and so we are victorious. Lord, I, I thank you for the blood that was shed that cleanses us from every sin. Lord, I thank you for the body that was broken, that by your stripes we are healed. And I thank you that today, that we are a redeemed people. So Lord, I pray that you would just have me preach and teach your word, that the Holy Spirit would empower these words, and I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I think that very few people would argue with me if I said that there is a lot of evil out in the world. That there is a, a world that's full of darkness. Uh, this morning, we're gathered together and we're gathered together um, in church as a community um, you know, loving one another, encouraging one another, praising the Lord, and, and all around the world there's, you know, different places and, and, and different faces, right, different denominations that are our brothers and sisters in Christ all around the world, and, and they're worshiping and they're serving God together. There's people that are gathering together today to, with plans on how to make their communities better and, and how to make the world a, a better place. There's, there's hospitals with doctors and nurses working to, to help sick people, you know, get well. And, and there's all these 
good things happening today even as I look out the sun is shining but in other places there's people that are sticking needles into their arm and they're bound up by heroin and 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 they're they're close to death right now there's there, there's countries that are literally waging war that are are trying to kill one another and and men women and or uh, women and children and men are all getting killed in this process as they fight over land and and, and silly things there's right now there's there's girls that are being trafficked as as property and somewhere someplace there's children that are being abused and I think that all of us would acknowledge that there's evil out in the world but I don't know how many of us if we would be totally honest and we would search our hearts it's not just evil that's out there there's actually evil inside of us the Bible says the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. But if God is good and He created everything to be good, how did things get so off track? How did things get so bad? Well, the Bible gives us that answer, and the answer for why the world has become what it is is found in Genesis chapter 3. That's where we're going to be today. Genesis chapter 3 and what we're going to read in this text is we're going to read exactly how mankind went from walking in a perfect blessing of God to walking into a dark cursed world and it's also in Genesis 3 that we are going to see the first shadow of the cross. So the question we will be asking today and seeking to answer is how did we get here and why did Jesus have to die? That's going to be our job this morning. So why don't we get right into it? I'm going to just be reading uh, seven verses, Genesis chapter 3 verses 1 through 7. says now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made and he said to the woman has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree in the garden and the woman said to the serpent we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden but of the fruit of the tree which is not which is in the midst of the garden God has said you shall not eat it nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together, and they made themselves coverings. You know, before the, the, the serpent 
showed up in the garden, God showed out. He did some pretty amazing things. Before the serpent showed up, God created the world, everything in it, the animals, the sun, moon, and stars, all the plant life, everything that, that, that the world is, God created it. And then he, he created a man in his own likeness, in his own image, and he literally did that from the dirt. And, and he reached down, and, and from the dust, he created man that would be in the very image and likeness of God and then it says he breathed life into him and he became a living soul and out of all the the things that it says were good that God created that everything was good there was one thing that was not good he said that it was not good for man to be alone so he created a a, a woman and this time he didn't create the woman out of the dust he uh, created the woman from the rib of man took took the side uh, took a rib from his body and created the woman and so what you have here is you have God you have his creation you have his people and his people were placed in the garden of Eden which was a, a place of beauty and a place of perfection. We don't really know 100% what the Garden of Eden totally looked like, but for some reason, when I think of the Garden of Eden, I think of something like Phipps Conservatory, if you guys have ever been there. You know, that just this beautifully manicured garden with all varieties of flowers and smells and, and paths and just a beautiful place, a, a place of uh, perfection and and he told um, Adam and Eve that that they were going to take essentially the, the beauty that they found in Eden and they were going to spread that all over the rest of the world but before Eve was even on the scene God gave Adam very important instructions he, he told Adam, he said, of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in that day you eat of it, you will surely die. So even before there was any sin in the world, even in this place of perfection and intimacy with God, God still had rules and he still had boundaries that his creation was not supposed to cross. And, and if you cross these boundaries, he guaranteed by his word that there would be consequences to doing what he said not to do. And it wasn't like they were restrictive. He said, everything else you can use, everything else you can eat from. But there's that one tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat from that, you're going to die. And so, here comes the serpent, Satan. Satan takes the, the, the form of a serpent, and, and we're not really sure at what point this 
created being who God created to be in his courts and, and there's some indication that, that he was a leader of, of worship. And we're not sure when at what point he decides to turn against God, but, but, but he approaches Eve and he doesn't have good intentions. He doesn't have the intentions to help God. He has intentions to, uh, to lead to, to lead this, this thing that mankind, this, the, these new creatures that have been created in God's image and likeness, to lead them astray. And, and we don't know, really, at, at some point, either Satan was there when God gave the instructions to Adam, or Satan was there maybe when Adam gave the instructions to Eve, but, but either way, Satan knew what boundaries they were not supposed to cross. And I want to tell you that Satan's strategy in your life to destroy you will be first and foremost to get you to doubt the Word of God. This is what he says. He, he said to the woman, he says, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree in the garden? See, if Satan can get you to doubt the Word of God, then he can get you to doubt the person of God. He wants to, to first cast doubt on the Word, and then that way, if you doubt the Word, then you doubt God. And really, all the root of all sin is in unbelief in God's Word. And therefore, the person of God. I mean, think of the... It, Think of the sins that you struggle with or think of maybe the sins that you struggle with before you came to Christ. Because I know that you guys, that since you got saved, that you have no struggles, that there's nothing that you battle now. But if you did, that's a joke by the way. If you, if you did, then you, would, you could really conclude that the reason that you fall into those sins is because you really don't believe the Word of God. You really don't believe the, the Word of God. Um, you know, if, if you have sex outside of marriage, then you really don't believe that what the Word of God says, that that is to be reserved for one man and one woman in a covenant of marriage for life. If you uh, have unforgiveness in your heart, even though the Word says that, you know, as you forgive one another, then your Father will forgive you, but yet still you, you bear that, that unforgiveness if you, if you lie to people because you're like, okay, well, I'm just going to lie and, and God's going to understand even though the word says that Satan is the father of all lies or if you fall into legalism and trying to make rules when the, the gospel says don't fall again under the yoke of bondage, the, what, what really is happening is someone decides God's word can't be trusted. And therefore, if God's word can't be trusted, then God can't be trusted. 
And so we need to understand that God's word is true, that, that he means what he says, and he says exactly what he means, and the foundation of your every temptation will be to get you to doubt God's word. The devil's question wasn't to ask, well, is this really what God said? Because he wanted to know. It wasn't like one of those situations where like, I'm going to ask you a question and I actually want you to, I, I, want, I want to hear what you have to say. It was, it, it was to cast doubt. It was to imply that God really didn't mean what he says. And his playbook is still the same. Because the goal ultimately was to turn their heart away from God. And, and as we continue to understand how things have really became the way that they are, we need to look at the response of Adam and Eve to the lies of the enemy. Because Satan's second strategy is to get you to believe a lie. The first strategy is to get you to doubt God's word. But his second strategy will, get, uh, will to be to get you to believe a lie because as we continue on to verse 4 the devil no longer is being subtle with Adam and Eve if his first question was to bring doubt then the next thing was to get Eve to believe a lie what did he say you will not surely die you're not gonna surely die God knows when you eat of the fruit that, that, that your eyes will be opened and then you'll be like God. God really didn't mean that you would die. And the lie that, that Satan got her to believe is that you can transgress God's boundaries and it won't have any consequences. You can eat the fruit and you can get away with it. And the lie... You know, the lie continues on to this day. It, it's still, uh, people still believe it. They think that they can lie, that they can steal, that they can kill, that they can be racist, that they can slander people's name, that they can spread hate, and they can eat fruit from the trees that God told us not to eat from, and God won't do anything about it. People believe that they can do whatever they want. And they won't face any judgment from God. They believe that the commandments of God might be really good moral things, maybe good moral teachings, but, but, but ultimately everything that God commands us to do in his book is optional based on what's right for me. Because once I get to define right and wrong, and once I get to define what sin is and 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 it's, and it's not about what God says, but I can decide what's right or wrong based on my opinion and what's right for my life, then I've fallen for the second lie that Satan uh, said in the garden, that you can be just like God. That you can be God. You know, what the, the, the first command of Satanism, according to... Um, a, 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 a famous Satanist um, who is in hell now named Aleister Crowley is, um, 
the, the first command, like what would you think it is? Like it's not like thou shalt go sacrifice your neighbor's cat, right? That's what people think like, okay, that's, that, that, it's, it's more subtle than that. The, the first commandment of Satanism is do what thou wilt. Do whatever you want. So now when you see your favorite rapper, your favorite singer with a shirt on that says, do what thou wilt, you'll know exactly who they represent. They represent Satan. And what they're saying is you don't have to be under God's authority. You can, de you can determine what's right or wrong for you. Who's God to determine those things? Today we would call this subjective truth. Everyone gets to have their own truth. Your truth is good for you. My truth is good for me. And whatever I decide is true. There's no absolute truths determined by God. I get to determine them myself. So if I think that Orville Redenbacher is God, and when I die, I get to go to a place of popcorn, and that's my truth, well, hey, that's my truth. That's, that's true for you, but it might not be true for me. That's what people will say. Well, you know, I, I know that, you know, you found religion, and that's good for you. You know, I'm glad for you, but, you know, that's not for me. They're saying the same exact thing. I, I get to determine that. And most people in this place, they, they probably wouldn't say that they're trying to be like God. But when you have determined for you what should be right or wrong, then what you've done is you haven't accepted God under his word and how he presented himself, but you've made your own God in your image and, and your likeness. And I can tell you that that is a very dangerous place to live. And we have to guard our minds and our thoughts and you have to constantly the thoughts that come into your mind you have to evaluate is this something that's aligning with God's Word because this is the only source of truth that we have what you watch on CNN and MSNBC and yes even Fox News it's all propaganda trying to get you to believe a certain way it's not all truth God's calling right now, somebody. <laughs> Giving them a word. This thought I have, this thing I'm thinking, is this, is this a God thought or is this something that the enemy has put in my mind? Because once the enemy can get you to believe a lie, then it becomes a stronghold. And it becomes a place where the enemy can operate in your life. And you have to reject the lies of the enemy and live by God's truth. Because, because if not, it brings about terrible consequences. Doubting God's word and believing the lies of the enemy brought, they, they will bring about and they have brought about terrible consequences. Adam and Eve thought that eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil would make them to be like God in a sense they were like God they were under the authority of God they had dominion over the entire earth they were an image and likeness of God they were immortal 
But that wasn't enough. And they thought that, okay, if we eat from that, the lie of Satan was like, if you eat from that fruit, then you'll, you'll, you'll be like God. That you won't just know good, because up at this point, they were in a place of innocence. All they knew was good. But they said that for you to be like God, you need to have a knowledge of good and evil. But they would know good and evil in a different way than, than God would. You see, the, the Bible says that God is altogether good, that He is the Father of lights, and there is no darkness in Him. And yes, because He's God, He, he knows what evil is, and He has a knowledge of evil, but He has a knowledge of evil just like a doctor may have a knowledge of a serious disease. He, he knows what, the, what it looks like. He knows when somebody has the disease. He knows what it looks like. He knows how to, to treat it. But Adam and Eve would know evil not in that way. They would know evil as a patient. They would know evil as somebody who had the disease, who had evil inside of them. So it wasn't that they just had the knowledge of evil, but instead the evil came inside of them and made them both sick. And the first consequence that they faced was exactly that, was death. If you eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. They didn't drop dead right at that moment, but sin brought sickness and disease into the world. And they, the decaying process started in. See, that, that's, why you go to, that's why you go to a funeral... And you're so messed up when you're sitting there and you're, and you're looking at your loved one because you can't wrap your mind around it because deep down inside of us, we were never meant to die. That was a consequence of sin. And that's why we struggle with it so much because that you, we have this, this idea that this is not the way that things were supposed to be. But the wages of sin is death. And allowing that evil to come in and flourish brought about sickness and disease. The second consequence it, it brought about is distrust of one another. It says right before this, before we get into Genesis chapter 3, that they were naked and they were unashamed. And people are always like, yeah, you know. Man, woman, naked, unashamed, I'm in, right? They're, you know, but the thing about it is, it's like, why was it? Because they were in a place of innocence. You know, just like a child, you know, a small child can run around naked with no pants on or whatever, and they don't think there's nothing wrong with it, and nobody thinks nothing wrong. They're innocent. But the first thing they had to do is they had to, all of a sudden, they, it says that they ate, from the tree of knowledge and good and evil and their eyes were opened because now they had a knowledge of evil and they covered up with 
fig leaves because their innocence was destroyed. Because now with a knowledge of evil in my relationships, it's not about me just wanting good for the person. Now I have the ability to manipulate people. I have a, a wisdom that I can use to lie to people, that I can use people, that I can steal from people, that, that, that I can use my, my strength to in, intimidate people. And so because of that, now we don't have the innocence that we once had in Eden. We have to protect ourselves and we have to cover ourselves and we have to be weary of, of other people because it's because now it's not just good that we think of our fellow man, but now we have the knowledge of good and of evil. And the final consequence was separation from God. If you really look at the language when he says that if you eat from the, the tree of knowledge and good and evil, you will die, it actually could be literally translated in the Hebrew die die it's just when they translated it it, it it didn't make sense in the language to say die die but there was physical death but there was something else there was also spiritual death and instead of yearning for that fellowship with god you know desiring those times when when he would come down and and fellowship with the garden now adam and eve find themselves hiding from god and God cries out, where are you? Now, of course, he knew where they were at. Wasn't like they, but, but what, what happened? What was different? Now, now because of their sin, they were, they were hiding from God and they were distant from God and they were running away from God. And what a foolish exercise it is to think that we can hide from God. I remember when I was a new Christian and I had just got saved, I, I started, you know, listening to contemporary Christian music, probably like a lot of you guys, you know, did. I, I had, you know, I had worldly music, you know, that I listened to when I was in high school and had a bunch of stuff and, you know, at that time, you know, most people still had CDs, so I had a bunch of CDs in the car and uh, amidst the you know, the, the Dr. Dre and NWA and uh, different rock CDs. Now I had like Third Day and I had like Chris Tomlin CD and I had like this mixture and, you know, and I, I still struggled a little bit with addiction when I first came to the Lord and so I would be driving around all the time and I'm listening to my, my Third Day CD and, and I'm singing and I'm worshiping and I'm having these great times of the Lord in the car and then... There would be some times where I decided I wanted to smoke some weed. So that, I'm not listening to Chris Tomlin, you know, when I'm high. I'm just not doing it. But I thought that as long as I put a rap CD instead of a Christian CD, that God couldn't see what I was doing when I was in my car. <laughs> and it seems ridiculous, but at that time I thought that I could hide from God but you can't hide from God and it's the same way that, that 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 when we cross God's boundaries and we sin it it separates us from God and it it makes us not want to draw close to God it makes us want to separate ourselves from God and that's what Adam and Eve did because now they have evil in them 
and it stained their lives and now that that pure relationship with their creator has been fractured and so that's why the world is how it is and so now that we have the, this understanding of how the world got into this dark place I have good news it doesn't have to end right there the story doesn't end God even in the early book of Genesis leaves us with hope and we see this prophetic message kind of tied in right right when he, he curses the serpent for, for what he did for deceiving the man and the woman he gives us this prophetic uh, word in, in Genesis 3:15. God says this he says I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel and I want to talk about what that means but before I do it I just want to skip to verse 21 as well uh, Genesis 3 21 says also for Adam and his wife the Lord God made tunics of skin and he clothed them. So remember, Adam and Eve, they, they covered up with fig leaves. But God says that's not going to get the job done. See, you can't cover up your own sin with the work of your hands. They thought that they were going to cover up their own sin. And God says it's not going to work like this. And so an innocent animal is slain and blood is shed... And he clothes them with animal skins. And this would show us that, number one, that the only one who can deal with your sins against God is God. You couldn't make the covering yourself that, that God was going to be the one. He was going to be the only one that was going to be able to cover your sins. And this animal that was totally innocent would have to die and have his, his blood shed on the ground, that there was going to have to be blood shed and the innocent was going to have to die for the guilty. And then if we go back to Genesis 3.15, he talks about enmity between Satan and the woman. So what he's saying is this, he's saying, Satan, you may have went and deceived the woman, but guess what? I'm going to use a woman to bring about your destruction. And it says that his end would come from the seed of the woman, which was probably confusing or probably didn't make any sense because the, the seed comes from the man. But he says it's the seed of the woman that he was going to destroy Satan with and he and he tells Satan that um, you, although you would be able to bruise the heel of this seed this seed would eventually crush your head now you can you get into a fight with somebody you can survive somebody bruising your heel but if I crush your head you're not making it out of there 
headshot is usually fatal. And so Jesus Christ comes down from heaven and he's born of a virgin. Because Mary was a virgin, there was no male seed. So that Adamic nature, that sinful nature, that evil nature was not passed down. And therefore Jesus comes not as the seed of a man, but the seed of a woman conceived by the Holy Spirit. And although he was completely innocent, he was totally without sin to forgive the sin of man he would have to die on a cross and his blood would have to be shed. The innocent would die for the guilty. And instead of us being clothed in animal skins like Adam and Eve were, our sins are cleansed by the blood of Jesus and we are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And at the cross, he suffered greatly. Maybe greater than you and I will ever be able to understand. And that was the prophetic fulfillment of the serpent bruising his heel. It, it, it looked like it was a fatal blow, but it was just a bruising of the heel because Jesus rose victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And he took the authority back that was given by Adam and Eve in the garden. He took that authority back, and in that victory, he crushed the head of Satan by coming to destroy every single work of the devil. And guess what? Because of that victory that he had, we too can join in that of the crushing of the head of the devil. Amen? We're going to go ahead and we're going to take the Lord's Supper together. If you didn't get uh, a communion cup when you came in, just go ahead and raise your hand. And Some of our men in red shirts will be happy to come around and do this. As they come around, I want to just remind us, and this isn't to hurt anybody's feelings or to make anybody feel weird, but this is something that we do as believers. Because when we take the Lord's Supper, we do this in remembrance of what He did. That He is indeed the seed of the woman that came to crush the head of the serpent. That through the works of the devil, that sickness and disease came into the world, that sin came into the world, that separation of God came, but at the work of the cross by Jesus Christ, the curse was reversed. But this isn't something that we want to enter into lightly or uh, in a trivial way. This isn't just about taking bread and, and having juice. This is about having communion with our Lord and Savior. And the Bible is clear that there are people that take the cup in an unworthily fashion. 
and you don't want to do that. So if I could just, before we do this, if I could have every head bowed and every eye closed, before we take the Lord's Supper together, I want to give you the opportunity, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, maybe you've never understood why you needed a Savior. Because the, the reality of it is, is that the only way to deal with our sinful nature is the cross of Christ. And if you leave this earth without the forgiveness of your sins, then you will face God's judgment. Every tongue will confess. Every knee will bow. And you're either going to have the blood of Jesus cleansing you of your sins or you're going to have to pay for your own sins on judgment day. And if that's you today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you've never said yes to Jesus, you've never prayed, asked the Holy Spirit to come into your heart, you've never repented of your sins, I want to give you that opportunity today. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I'm just going to ask you to just raise up a hand right now and say, today is my day of salvation. Is there anybody here before we close? We're going to go ahead and we're going to take the Lord's Supper. We're going to take your wafer. And this wafer represents the body of Jesus Christ. It's said that he took 39 stripes on his back. Today... The medical community has every major disease in one of 39 categories. One stripe for every disease. The Bible says that by his stripes, we are healed. We are healed. If you're here today and you're suffering from a physical sickness, if you're suffering from um, the uh, mind fog, if you're suffering from a mental disorder, anxiety. I want to believe God with you that as we take the bread of life, that you will be totally and completely healed, that you can be healed in an instant. If that's you today, I just need you to agree with me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you. And we thank you. We thank you for Jesus' body. That he was wounded for our transgressions. That he was crushed for our sins. And all of our iniquity was placed upon him. But by his stripes we are healed. And Lord I pray in the name of Jesus. That anybody who's suffering from any type of physical sickness and disease. Emotional distress. Mental distress. I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that your healing power would be released in this moment as we remember what you've done at the cross. In Jesus' name, go ahead and take the bread. And it was sin that, that, that came into the world that brought 
all of this pain and all of this suffering. But it's the blood of Jesus that is the only antidote for sin. And yes, there was, uh, there was a list of charges that were against us. All God's laws that we had broken. But Jesus wrote our pardon in his life's blood. And today, you can be free. I just want you to take a second. Maybe there's something that you just, you need to get right in your heart before the Lord. I'm just going to take one second. Just close your eyes and just, I, I don't want to rush through this moment. If there's an area of your life that you need to confess, unforgiveness, repentance, sin, whatever it might be. You can just take your time. You don't have to go into a booth and, and talk to a man. You can confess it right now to the Lord. And you can be free. I thank you for the blood. That the blood cleanses every sin and every stain. And that the blood reverses the curse. And as we take the cup together, I just declare once again at the cross that Satan was defeated, that he is a defeated foe, and all his plans against all the people in here will fail, that every person in here is a blood-bought child of God, and Satan has no right over any part of their life. And we break every generational curse in Jesus' name. We break any covenant that has been made with any uh, principality or power, known or unknown, for every single person in here. We tear down every stronghold, every altar, every high place that has been established in the spirit realm that, that, that affects any person in here. We tear that down in the name of Jesus and we declare freedom to the captives in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that we are free. And your word says that who the sun sets free is free indeed. As we take the cup, I just command any attack of the enemy, any hindering spirit, oppressive spirit, even a possessing spirit, I just command you to go right now in Jesus' name. Go ahead and take the cup. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If you guys could stand to your feet. I know that in some ways... You know, this wasn't one of those messages that you're going to get a new car or five steps to a better smile. I know that this message was a little bit stiff. But you got to know the disease before you know the cure. And the good news is even way back then when man fell, God had a plan to rescue his people. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have 
eternal life. Amen? Amen. You guys have it. We have it. Amen. Amen. We're going to go ahead and we're going to sing one more worship song. And, you know, I've prayed some things and I've declared some things. And uh, if there's anybody here today, maybe, you know, you just feel like something was going on in the midst of me praying that or, or, or there was something that happened and, and you just feel like maybe you need prayer at a deeper level. I just want to invite you to the front and we can have a time of prayer. Um, if, you're, uh, if you need to go, I just want to go ahead and I just want to release you in Jesus' name. Uh, because I don't want to rush any altar time we have or anything like that. Just go ahead and raise your hands to heaven. I'm going to pray a blessing over you. And then we're going to have a time of worship and a time of prayer. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. And until we meet again, may the blessing and the favor of our Lord Jesus Christ rest upon you and your house. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I love you. Cause they 
moving, I'm not going back. I'm moving away. I'm here to declare to you, my past is over. Be you, all things made new. Surrender my life to Christ.